T to classify yes, as three letters. Cause our history guys, we got Eric, Ellie, who else? We got Brian, listen every time, you know it's gonna be some drive. Everybody certified, it's pocket rock, ain't tell no lies. You really my lose your mind, can only put this in your time. Welcome back to the WFT Declassified Podcast. We are back tonight with a mock draft. This is our 2.0 mock draft. Free agency is basically over, at least for all the exciting moves. So now we're going to tell you how the commanders are going to fill their needs in the draft, all their picks. We're going to talk about it right here. Thank you to everybody listening. We had over 3,000 people watch us last week on YouTube alone. Our audio numbers are booming. Make sure you share, tell a friend, make sure they subscribe. If you're watching this and you have not subscribed, hit the button. What are you waiting for? I mean, come on. Let me say what's up to Eric. What's going on, Eric? Um, I'm ready to do some mock drafting. That's what's going on. Let's go. I'm pumped. You can see I got my game face on. You sure do. It just happens to be very similar to my I just woke up face <laughs> and most of my other faces. This but is it's my there. Face. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, what's going on? Same stuff, man. I'm excited. I got my mock draft. Let's do this thing. He has handwritten notes in 2022. Let's go. <laughs> this shall be fun. We're going to kick it off in the first round. Pick 11. Eric, you're up at the podium. Who are you taking? I don't have uh, written notes on paper. <clears throat> I have a cell phone, but uh, no shame, Brian. I know your your, your mimeograph is broken. Um Number 11, we're going to get Carson Wentz some help. And uh, I know I said we'd probably go with one of those Ohio State receivers, but I'm going to go back on my word because I'm taking Jamison Williams because he's my favorite receiver in this draft. He is everything I want in a wide receiver. He is fast. He is slippery. He's got all the open field moves. He is very, very good. He is exactly what this team needs. The guys from Ohio State, I love them. Um, they're basically carbon copies of Terry, um, which I love Terry. Could have a ton of Terry's on my team. Jamison Williams, just a little bit of a different dynamic. Um, you know, he can, he, I think he's more apt to make something out of nothing than some of those guys are. I'm really excited to see what he could do. And he may not be ready at the start of the season with the torn ACL that he got late in the year last year. He doesn't have to be. There's other receivers on this team that, you know, he can bring him along slowly. But Jamison Williams out of Alabama, he's my number one pick at 11. That's a very intriguing pick because it's a little bit of a reach because of the injury, but you're ready to go all in, right? Yeah, I'm actually kind of thinking that they're going to move back in the first round anyway. Like, we're, I didn't do that for this draft. I'm not going to worry about trades, but I I would not be surprised to see them move back, maybe acquire some more picks. But, yeah, Jamison Williams, even at 11, I, I don't have a problem taking him there because he's that good. He's excellent. He's going to be the best receiver that comes out of this draft. His NFL comps I see are Will Fuller, Hollywood Brown, and Henry Ruggs. What do they have in common? <laughs> speed <laughs> all right brian what do you got pick 11 uh i've got the ohio state wide receiver garrett wilson he's six foot 183 pounds and he's an elite separator he has speed and he can uncover quickly and one of his kind of calling cards uh trademarks is his instant acceleration. I think uh, we had talked about last week uh, with the wide receivers, some of the taller wide receivers, they need a big runway to get up to full speed. He does not. He can take like three steps and he's at full speed. As soon as he catches the ball, he can put on the uh, afterburners and get down the field quickly. That's something that this offense needs, especially with a lot of the shorter throws that we have. Um, but now that we have a quarterback who has a big arm, we can utilize his speed all over the field. And we just need to get him uh, the football. And we've got a guy who can do that now. And he can really put pressure on a defense that they have to cover the entire field. They can't just sit in the middle of the field like uh, like before and just try to blow up Terry every time we throw it to him. So Garrett Wilson is the guy. So uh, his comp I saw out there was Marvin Harrison. And everybody that is in the draft. Come on, man. Come on. Let's dial it back just a hair. I heard that's <laughs> There's got to be somebody. I mean, not that the potential isn't there, but come on. That can't be your NFL comp. I've, I've been hearing lately Odell Beckham is what lately people have been saying about him with his ability to catch um, some of these off uh, target throws, some of these uh, 
uh, like, you know, hey, if Heineke was throwing him the ball, some of these high uh, throws, he's able to, you know, adjust his body and catch those. So that's that's the, the most recent one. I hadn't heard Marvin Harrison before. Yeah. Um, you know, you guys both went wide receiver and, and you're thinking that we're going to get help for Wentz. But I was listening to something. I heard Pete Prisco this week tell uh, his audience how much the commanders are still very much in love with Diami Brown. And then you factor in the fact that they have Terry, they have Diami, and they have Curtis Samuel. To me, that doesn't spell receiver in the first round. Now, Garrett Wilson, by all accounts or most accounts, is the best receiver in the draft uh, from what everybody's saying. <laughs> Jameson <laughs> Williams has a lot of supporters. But I just don't see that happening in Ashburn. I actually think we're going to go defense. I went with uh, cornerback Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson. Ooh, His comp is Jair Alexander of the uh, Green Bay Packers, a phenomenal cornerback there. He's scheme diverse, and he creates turnovers. What more can you ask for? Yes, I know. We have William Jackson the third last year, and we have Kendra Fuller. Benjamin St. Juice was a draft pick last year in the third round, but he's never on the field. Uh, so I'm not waiting. We got to get help. We got to get help now on defense because our defense was leaking like crazy last year. Uh, let's turn it on. We're going to get Andrew Booth Jr. at pick 11. Mm. That seems, uh, that seems high. I think every mock I've seen with him, he's, uh, he's in the twenties, um, you know, where he's going off or maybe, you know, closer to the end of, uh, the first round, but he's certainly a good player. He could certainly, uh, uh, get time in our, uh, defensive backfield. Absolutely. That yeah. is an interesting pick. It it. Hey, look, we took, uh, our guy last year, Jamin Davis at 19 when a lot of people had him. A yeah. little bit later than that. So How Ryan, that not a third reach. <laughs> He's not. Hey, I'm just telling you, there's there's history there. So. I got you. <laughs> kick it off in the second round, pick 47, I believe it is. Eric, who are we taking? Did we mention reaches? Are we talking about reaches now? Uh, all right, I'm going with Tariq Woolen, cornerback, UTSA, yes. which I believe is Texas San Antonio. Uh, he is 6'3", 200 pounds, 205, I believe. He is an athletic freak. He can do everything. He's actually a converted wide receiver. Um, Somewhat inexperienced at corner, so it's a little bit of a gamble with him. But the athletic traits this dude has, he was an unbelievable track and field athlete, which is near and dear to my heart. He he was a good enough wide receiver, but they moved him to defensive back to help them out uh, because they needed help on defense, and he was good enough to do that. He is a phenomenal athlete. He is Big, he is tall, he can move, he's got loose hips, he can do everything you want to do out of a a defensive backfield, and he is that big, lanky, press-type corner that Jack Del Rio loves. So I'm going Tariq Woolen, cornerback in round two. Oh, man. The, uh, my, my... My thing with him is uh, it's it, it's almost like it's Gibson, right? We've got a, a project cornerback, uh, project uh, running back, uh, somebody who's got to learn the position. But uh, the the physical tools sound awesome. Yeah, that is, well, that's a reach because I didn't see him go that high, but I know you were going there. Um, well, we don't have a third-round pick, so. That's very true. Yeah. That's very true. I mean, look, I'm all for athleticism, and it, and it matters, but you got to have the folks on the staff to be able to cultivate that athleticism into productivity. Mm-hmm. I am not 100% convinced that we do, so it's certainly a risk, but the guy certainly has everything it takes to be successful. He's just got to put it together. So I can't hate on you too much. Byron, where are you going in the second round? So I think Eric's right. I think because we don't have a second, uh, third round pick, I think a lot of our second round picks are going to be reaches because we don't have that third round pick. So we may be going for a guy, but I'm going linebacker. We've heard all this talk about free agency. We were going to go get that Mike linebacker. Now Ron uh, comes out and says, well, you know what? Cole Holcomb, who we uh, don't want playing middle by a linebacker can now play middle linebacker. So, um, we need a middle linebacker. We need a guy uh, who has linebacker in, uh, instincts. And I'm going with Leo Chanel, linebacker from Wisconsin. He looks like a linebacker. He's 6'3", 250 pounds. He runs a 4'5", 340. Um, his calling card is he is dominant in the run game. Uh, he is able to process and read run quickly, and he triggers downhill, and he has a lot of power to – meet the blocker, shed the blocker, and blow up the run play. If you guys, uh, you know, notice, a lot of our linebackers, they don't make plays uh, 
past the line of scrimmage or in the defense uh, offensive backfield, uh, they're always running somebody down from behind because they are either too late to diagnose it or they're just out of position. He is dominant when it comes to reading the run. Uh, is he good in man? No, he's not good in uh, man coverage. He's decent in zone coverage, which is something we do a ton of. Man, not so much, but he is excellent in that uh, run game, and it will be able to make tackles behind the line of scrimmage, something that we saw um, Landon Collins do a little bit once he finally made that transition to linebacker, and that started to help our defense. So that's something we need. We need a linebacker who can make some plays past the line of scrimmage. So was Chad Muma gone in your uh, mock when you picked? Just yeah. out of curiosity, because I was like yeah. 99. I was that's where I yeah. thought you were going that the was, whole time. No, that that was the guy. That that is their guy. He's uh he's already interviewed with the team a couple of times already. It was one of their visits. So, um, but he was already gone. So, or otherwise, I would have gone with him. Yeah, mine too. Actually, this was why I was asking. Yeah, I think it, had we not moved back, I think you probably have a better shot at him. But since we swap with the Colts, yeah, he may not be there. But yeah, yeah, exactly. An ultimate interesting pick. So oh, and he's a good blitzer as well, too. Right. Good. Right position, wrong player. Okay. I'm I'm reaching here. I'm just gonna put it out there. This is a gigantic reach in the second round, but I'm going Jacoby McClain, linebacker Ooh. from Auburn. Okay. I love this guy. Absolutely love this guy because he is a straight up thumper if you come to that hole, he's gonna send you back to where you came from and put you on the ground. We have two linebackers in Jamin Davis and um, the other guy, Cole Holcomb, who are, are kind of weak at the point of attack. Not to say they're not decent at what they do. They're just not very strong when they make contact with the ball carrier. This guy is the exact opposite of that. Go YouTube this guy, Zacoby McClain. You watch him. He kind of looks like Ray Lewis coming through the hole at the line of scrimmage. Oh, um, okay. Marvin Harrison again. You're just going straight to Hall of Famers every time. I understand what I'm saying. So, you know, I have watched him a little bit, and my thought yeah. was Jeremiah Trotter. Okay. Probably a closer. Yeah, not Ray Lewis is a little, little strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, you think? Yeah. But he hits, and he is a big hitter, and we haven't had that in so long at the linebacker yeah. position. He can play the middle. He has some position flex. Uh, he can project out to the outside if you need him to, but I would love to see him develop in the middle. It might take you a little while just to bring him along a few for a few weeks. But, oh, my gosh, if you watch this guy tackle, everything is hard. The, the guy goes down, the ball comes out. It's just what he does. And how phenomenal would it be if we had somebody intimidating in the middle of the defense since we don't really have it anywhere else on our defense yeah. um, outside of the defensive line? I love this. I'm so excited about it. This is just – it made me happy because he plays angry, and I love it. Jacoby McClain, linebacker. Yeah, he might even be there in round four, though, honestly. He could be. Yeah, no, no, yeah. he could be. Because he he's be. pretty much a liability against the pass. Yeah, for the so, most part, yes. Yeah, he's yeah. a, a two-down player. I like the uh, the sentiment. We do need a tone setter in the middle because we've got some really nice guys on the outside. We need somebody with bad intentions in the middle to let uh, everyone else know, no, uh, you're, you're not going to do it to us today. Uh, so I do like that part uh, uh, about him. Yeah. I highly recommend you look at his YouTube film. Oh, so amazing. All right. We don't have a third round pick, as you guys said. Uh, let's go to the fourth round, Eric. What are we doing there? Well, I'm sticking with my guy. I took him in round two last time we did one of these mocks. But uh, with all the moves at quarterback, I do think he's going to be there late. And he just happened to be in my mock. So I'm rolling with Carson Strong, uh, quarterback out of Nevada. Uh, honestly, my NFL comp for him, and this is just my personal one, is Nick Foles. So what better place to put him than backing up Carson Wentz? Uh, <laughs> why not? Uh, no, I do think he could supplant even Taylor Heineke as backup quarterback. Like I think he's he doesn't have to because Heineke's good enough to stick around. But if you felt like Carson Strong had progressed enough, you could move on from Heineke this year. Um, and I still like him as a player. I know he didn't have the best combine, didn't have the best senior bowl. Not that worried about it. He's not coming in to be our savior starter, um, and he's got plenty of time to develop. I think his knee injuries are a little bit over overinflated. I think he's kind of proved that through the process. He's in decent health. Um, he's not a speedster anyway, but I think it doesn't affect his dropbacks, his plants. He's a little skittish from what it looks like under pressure, which is odd uh, for as much as he did at, uh, at or as much as he faced um, in college. But, uh, you know, that's something that can be worked around, hopefully. And, you know, potentially you've got a solid backup and a spot starter out of a fourth round quarterback. I don't have a problem with it. You know, maybe potentially something more. So, yeah, Carson Strong, quarterback Nevada. He's my fourth rounder. Our yeah. guy, 
our guy QB Spotlight absolutely yeah. loves Love Carson Strong. Strong. He might have influenced me a little bit. He might have. He, this guy, he's such an interesting case because I think from the mental aspect of playing the quarterback position, he might be the best in the draft. Like the guy is a quarterback through and through. But at the same time, you talked about the injuries. He could be, um, uh, what's his name? Philip Rivers, right? I'm, I'm throwing out lofty names tonight. I yeah. understand that. He could, he could be, be uh, his NFL comp, I believe, is uh, Joe Montana. Yes. Somewhere. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Somewhere. That's the one. That's right. With, with a sprinkle of Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he could be Rivers or he could be Chris Winky. That's the kind of thing that you don't know. No, nah, he's yeah. got a better arm than Winky did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but he's, he's got, got a worse, better arm than Winky. Come he's on. He's got worse legs. So we'll go with No, that. I think Foles. I, I think Foles yeah. is fair. That's probably, like Foles that. is probably his ceiling, honestly. Um, yeah. But yeah. No, Foles is a good comp. That was mine for him. They're both kind of that uh, lanky, um, uh, you know, uh, body type and uh, both have, uh, you know, really big arms. But um, I'm not a big fan of uh, Strong, but I'm a big fan of drafting quarterbacks wherever you can. They're lottery tickets. If you hit on one, hey, that's 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 all you need. So um, not my guy, but no, take the quarterback. We need a quarterback, and I'm very scared that uh, Ron's going to pass this draft by and not take one. So I like it. Yeah, the team is all but said they're not taking one that yeah. early in yeah. the draft. So um That's day three though. It, it is, but I think they don't he's think he's good. Needs. We'll see. So, we'll see. He's my guy. That's all good, Brian. Who you got? All right. So in round four, uh, we need to upgrade the running game. And uh I think we need somebody who's got the vision uh to handle some of the in-between the tackles running, uh, but also can uh you know kind of push our running game to the next level. So I'm going to running back Pierre Strong Jr., South Dakota State. Uh he's 5'11, 205. He has excellent vision between the tackles. He you you're not gonna see, you know, what we see currently with Gibson is uh, sometimes he runs into the back of the offensive lineman. He gets two and three uh yards. I mean, how many big plays, big runs do you see Gibson have? Uh he doesn't. And a lot of that is because of his vision. Our offensive line is pretty good and they have opened up some pretty big holes for him. Um but he needs to get more yards. And I think bringing in a running back to kind of handle that um, duty and let Gibson kind of focus on, you know, maybe catching some more passes, being split out wide, um, getting the football in space more, I think would be to uh, his benefit and the offense. Pierre Strong Jr., uh, again, excellent vision. Um, he's got the ability to also catch passes out of the backfield. And he also knows how to set up defenders. So he can, um, you know, whether it is his stiff arm, whether it's a juke move, he can also stack moves. Some running backs can only give you one move, and that's it. They're, they're not able to, to do anything more than that. He's able to put multiple moves uh, together uh, and string big runs uh, together. So this is a guy who has the ability and the potential to be in every down back. Uh, and I I just think uh, if we got him, our running game would uh, really, really take off. So uh, a little bit undersized, uh, doesn't have tremendous hands in the pass game. So he's going to be a little bit of a tell when he's in the game, similar to Jared Patterson. So NFL comp is Barry Sanders, according to <laughs> Gail Sayers. No, yeah. uh, <laughs> I saw somebody. I, I saw. I, I saw a comp. It said Reggie Bush for him, and I was like, "That's come on." He Cut has he, he has that type of speed though. He okay. CJ Spiller. That's a better comp. CJ Spiller. <laughs> and I like CJ. I love CJ Spiller coming out of school. Yeah. I thought he was going to be a superstar. He I could go with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't I don't get it. I mean, I thought he was going to be amazing. So that's not a yeah. horrible comp, but yeah. Yeah. I, I don't hate the pick. I just, you know, running back in the in the fourth round is a bit yeah. um, you know, it, it, it's, it's all to help Carson. Yeah, you, you definitely are drafting. Uh, I'm going to go a little different angle here. I'm going to get Carson some help, but it's going to be uh, at center and very likely a backup center at this point, some depth, possibly uh, special teams that hopefully can develop into a starter. I'm going Luke Fortner, center out of Kentucky. He is a physical run blocker. He can get to the second level. He uses defender's leverage to set up blocks very well. He's a big dude. He's, he's strong. He's a Ron Rivera-type player. He's probably not going to take over as a number one spot. But Keith Ishmael played a lot last year out of necessity. Didn't love what we saw out of that guy last year, even though I was a fan of his coming out of school. I think he came out of San Diego State. I just didn't like what we got out of him last year. So I think upgrading at that backup position um, would be very, very beneficial for us. So the issue there is I believe Tyler Larson is the backup yeah, center now. Backup. Keith Ishmael's still around. 
So if he can play guard as well as center, he's got to have that position flex. But, yeah, I'm, sure. I don't know enough about him to tell you. But, yeah, if he's got the center guard position flex, you can't have enough of those guys on the team because we go through centers like, you know, Spinal Tap goes through drummers. Exactly. So, yeah. like, we <laughs> need all of them. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I'm cool with the pick as long as he can play both. Yeah, guard is the big thing because you, your depth is now tested, right? Because if we're assuming Wes Schweitzer is going to be your starting right guard, he was one of our depth guys. So, um, yeah, if he can do uh, center and uh, guard because, you know, Larson is already the backup and Ishmael, well, I mean, he, he has a big potential to get cut this training camp um, being the, you know, third center um, and not really kind of, uh, you know, growing as a uh, as a player. So, um, yeah, if he can do that, absolutely. If not, then I don't know. Well, I like him. All right. <laughs> and that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Right. Comp, Mike Webster. <laughs> round I had to six. think for a minute for a Hall of Fame center, by the way. I was <laughs> it's not easy. To <clears throat> yeah. Round, where are we going round six, E? Round six. You guys took your two down linebackers way too early. Uh, I'm taking mine in round six. I'm going with Joshua Ross out of Michigan, 6'2", 232 pounds, projects as a middle linebacker. And he is very much uh, the same type of player that you guys both indicated. He's a thumper. He's an old school player. He hits hard. He brings people down. He struggles against the pass uh, pretty much exactly what you guys did, but three runs later. So that's what we're rolling with. Joshua Ross, linebacker, Michigan. He's our new middle linebacker. All right, I'll take it. I don't never heard of him, but I'll take it. <laughs> you ever heard of a random six round pick? <laughs> my, That's what they said uh, about know, Brady. Yeah, That's right. That's right. My, you know, my family's from Michigan. I'm a huge Wolverines fan. I'm not a huge Wolverines fan, but I watch them when they're on TV. Um, I like the pick, but you just don't expect starter potential out of a uh, six round pick. So, you know, we took. Don't forget Kaliki Hudson out of Michigan in the fourth round a few yeah. years ago. Yeah. And my man has like three tackles to his NFL credit. Yeah. So. But you're thinking about if you're thinking about a specialty linebacker who's basically there to play the run, I mean, that's yeah. your later round pick because he's, you know, he's probably not going to be in there in the dime package or the nickel package. Uh, he's not a pass covering linebacker. Uh, so I'm taking that type of player later in the draft. And if he works out, awesome. He could be more. Speaking of Hudson, do we think he um, – because at Michigan, he kind of played that uh, strong safety linebacker, almost Landon Collins-type role uh, this year. Do we think he gets uh, some more run now with Landon Collins gone? I mean, I think he'll get the chance to, but it's up to him to to do it. Um, I mean, it's kind of the same – you know, he's – he could have had it before Landon Collins did, so, you know. You know, we needed we needed that we needed to move a safety into linebacker to that position last year with Hudson on the roster. So I don't know if it's going to work, but he'll, I'm sure he'll get the opportunity. Okay. So I recently said one of the things that disappointed me most about Cam Sims was in a year where we struggled to even sign and field wide receivers. He didn't take advantage of his opportunity as much as I felt like he should have. Yeah. Kaliki Hudson was on a roster last year where we had one linebacker on the field for the yeah. entirety of a game. And got no snaps, hardly. Yeah. I don't I don't think there's much more there that we're going to be able to get at this point. I think he's a special teams guy, and I think that's what he's going to amount to. No disrespect to Mr. Hudson, but all the opportunity in the world was there last year to step up and do something, and it just didn't happen. So I don't I don't know why we would just automatically expect more just because Landon's not on the roster. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think you know he's he'll have the opportunity just like he did last year. It's just up to him to take advantage of it. That's right. Right. All right. My it's my turn, right? It yep. is. All right. My six round pick. Ron Rivera watched all year as we got no pass rush. Um, and, uh, you know, Chase Young's coming off ACL. We don't know if he'll be ready or what he'll look like when he does come back. We signed another Carolina Panther um, as a uh, backup defensive end. So I'm going with. Amari Barno, edge rusher, Virginia Tech. Uh, this is a supremely athletic individual, but he's very raw. Uh, he is 6'5", 246, ran a 4'3", 640. Uh, he, is, he has great first-step explosiveness. So essentially, once he gets off the ball, he's able to gain ground on that offensive tackle. Uh, he's not very strong. Again, he's 6'5", 246, a little bit on the leaner side. Our defensive ends are a little bit bigger. They're 260, uh, 265 range uh, and uh, pretty strong. So he will need to get stronger. 
but uh, with his speed, with his first step quickness, uh, with his able to kind of slip blocks, uh, run around the edge, uh, he can certainly contribute early as a situational pass rusher. And we need more. We saw last year uh, we didn't have anything else behind Montez and uh, Chase. Um, you know, Jonathan Allen's the only guy rushing the passer. Um, Deron Payne is not really a factor in uh, rushing the passer. Um, Bun me, routine me, uh, James Smith Williams, they, they can't rush the passer at all. We need more guys who can do it. This is a great place to get a guy who is supremely athletic but raw. He needs to develop some pass rushing moves. But in the meantime, you can use that first step explosiveness, that speed uh, in multiple ways uh, and be productive year one. Yeah, it's the spot to take a project as you get yep. later on to day three, unlike second round cornerbacks that are projects. Yep, I stand by my pick. <laughs> <laughs> Washington loves late round defensive linemen picks, so I could totally see that materializing. <clears throat> so I, I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to go running back. Keontae Ingram from USC was formerly of Texas. He's sort of the anti-Gibson, and I love Gibson. Gibson's my favorite offensive player. Please don't go in the comments saying I hate Antonio Gibson. I don't. But Gibson needs a true, pure running back behind him. He does. It'll make him better, too. Keontae Ingram is that. He's a downhill runner. He's a great runner out of the pistol, and this is why I picked him. Because we are in pistol formation so daggone much. And that's when we run our two-run plays, as Eric likes to say, out of the pistol. So um, he's good at that. He has great vision, and he runs low. One thing about Gibson is he runs really, really high with the ball in his hands. This guy tucks it and gets low. He's going to hit the hole hard, and he's going to get his yards. Keontae Ingram, don't forget the name. He would be a tremendous six-round pick. No, I like him. He's uh he's on the list of uh, running backs who uh I would take if uh, other guys aren't there. So I like that guy. Uh, he had a really nice uh, senior bowl. Um, really good in between the tackles. Good vision. I like him. Yeah, it's gonna be uh if he goes to the right team, he's got to go to the right place. I think he can succeed here uh, yeah. given the opportunity. Yep. It's the right type of system. But yeah, it depends on where he ends up to how, to how successful he can be. Yeah, he, he reminds me of a 49ers type of running back. Yeah, I was going to say, he sounds like a Shanahan guy. That yes, dude that just like nobody's ever heard of that comes out and rushes for 1,500 yards yep, yep. and goes to another team and doesn't do anything. Orlando, so why Spiro. not let that be us? <laughs> you know? Hillis, yeah. <clears throat> All right, let's get into the deep part of the draft. Seventh round. Ooh, this, is, this is my favorite pick of all of the ones that uh, I've okay. made. I'm going to the running back position too, and I'm taking – I'm going to BYU. I'm taking Tyler Allgaier. I believe I'm pronouncing his name correctly. This dude loves to hit people. He's a line. He played linebacker in, in high school. And he still thinks he plays linebacker when he's carrying the ball. He seeks out contact, but like, like I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the LE route. Like Christian Okoye back in the day. Like he just <laughs> will just not go out of bounds just so that he can hit somebody when he's running with the ball. He's probably gonna have like a two year career rushing the ball, but he can seriously be a really good running back in this league for a very short time. Cause he's like, he's going to fall apart. Like he really is a, is a mean, powerful runner. Uh, he can churn out yards. He's got good feet, um, good vision. He makes the right cuts. He doesn't, he takes care of the ball. Uh, he could potentially go to a team, especially like in a power running game. So I don't know how great we could use him. If we go in, you know, if Scott calls his dad says, how do I use this guy? He can be used like Steven Davis was back in the day. Like he is a legit power back and uh, he can be a goal line guy. I love this pick. I would love to see this dude in Burgundy Gold next year. Tyler Allgaier, I'll remember his name. Yeah, no, he's he's a good one. I like him. I think the best comp I heard for him was James Conner. Uh, yeah. I think they're very similar players. Uh, good between the tackles, good vision, uh, will lower their shoulder and move the pile type of uh, player. So I like that. I like him. He's good. No flash, all substance. Not yeah. my kind of guy, but I <laughs> but I understand the pick. He would make a lot of sense. Um, I'm going uh, in that first pick in that seventh round, cornerback Josh Blackwell out of Duke. Uh, he is six foot, a uh, little light, uh, 175 pounds, runs a 4'3", 
Um, he is a good zone coverage corner. What do we do here in Washington? We love our soft zone coverage so we can give up 10 yard catches every time. So he'll fit right in. Uh, he's got a good ability to break on the football. Once he uh, reads the play, diagnoses it, he's got good speed to break on it. Uh, he struggles in man coverage, but again, uh, for me, it was about the system. We run lots of zone here. He's a good zone corner. Um, that makes sense for, uh, for me. Uh, tackling, he does need to get uh, a little bit better. Uh, he's not going to be a great help in the uh, in the run game, uh, but something he can work on. So, um, but again, good speed, decent size, cornerback late, and he can play special teams. Yeah, special teams. So yeah, you, there's the athletes. You draft athletes late. He's definitely an athlete. So basically, Jimmy Moreland <laughs> all over. <laughs> Duke's a bigger school though. He came from D one. He did. He did. Not okay. FBS. Yeah, that's the right place to take those kind of guys, and you see, with his uh, with his ability, makes sense. Go, Keel Glass out of Alabama A and M. Uh, look, he's a project quarterback, no doubt about it. He has a great arm. He throws with great touch in the intermediate throws, but he struggles with his deep ball accuracy. Uh, he, this is the kind of guy that I think Ron Rivera is talking about them taking when they say they're going to take a quarterback in the draft uh, or late in the draft, excuse me. So you, you put him on the roster, you see what you can get out of him. Maybe he's worth something, maybe he's not, but you move on if he isn't, right? He's a bottom of the roster guy, probably practice squad for most of the year. He, he's a camp arm. He's going to play in preseason. So you give him an opportunity and you see what you got. Akil Glass. UDFA. Yeah. I don't yeah. think he's gonna. I don't think you draft him. Like I, I mean, I don't have a problem with with exactly what you said. I just don't think you need to draft him because I think he's yeah. gonna be around. Of course, he he doesn't. You know, he may not want to come to Washington like nobody else does. But uh, yeah, you know, if you really really want to have a Keel Glass at the bottom of your roster, I guess you could take a you could take a shot about the draft. I just I don't know. From the organization that just traded for Carson Wentz and traded a fifth for Kyle Allen because they they weren't sure they could get them on the roster, I could see them spending the seventh round pick on a Keel Glass. Yeah, I think, think Keel Glass is similar to Steven Montez. They have physical tools, but they need so much time to uh, to develop that. Uh, I think the 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 guys that you would draft are probably going to go in the first three rounds of uh, of this draft, and I think everybody else. Yeah, I think uh, like Eric said, they're probably guys you just sign as undrafted free agents. Well, hating on my pick. That's fine. Just say That's what it is. How's it feel, man? You guys have been doing that to me for like two months now. <laughs> I'm all fine. It just rotates. Exactly. It just rotates. You're next, buddy. Yeah. It'll be mine next time. All right. We got one more pick in the seventh. Eric, what do you got? He's my uh, our Mr. Irrelevant, not not the last pick in the draft, but our, our last pick. I'm going to go safety. We're going athlete. Uh, Isaiah Polamau. Not Troy Polamalu. No relation. Isaiah Polamau. He's a – Back of the roster safety. I, I don't know what else to tell you. He'll be able to play special teams. He might even be able to supplant Troy Apke on the roster. Uh, I know that's blasphemy, but um, not possible. Like, he's yeah, he's uh, you know, I don't know. Bakari Rambo probably is your is your you know. He's a dude who's like people are going to see him and he's going to make a he's going to make a super athletic play and people yeah. are going to fall in love with him in preseason. Uh, and he'll just you know. I don't know if he'll ever amount to anything, but as a back of the roster guy, he definitely can play special teams. He can play free safety. Um, he can come up and he's a reasonably solid tackler, um, but he's a seventh round pick for a reason. Uh, it's a lot of potential, not a lot of uh, production thus far. So we'll see. Um, I like him as a special teams guy and, you know, like I said, back of the roster safety. Uh, so, yeah, Isaiah Polamau, that's his name. As long as he can supplant Bobby McCain, then I'm I'm all for that. He's right. not taking over Bobby McCain's job, <laughs> not in year one anyway. You got to let it go. McCain's starting, man. Yeah, he's <laughs> your guy. That's what it is. <laughs> all right, um, my pick, last one in the seventh round. This guy may actually go a little bit earlier in the draft I was using. He was available. Um, offensive lineman, guard, tackle, prospect Andrew Stuber, Michigan. Uh, he is a behemoth. He is 6'7", 338 pounds, uh, and he is just like a typical Michigan offensive lineman. He is nasty. He's dominant in the run game. He's an excellent drive blocker. He brings a lot of power to the point of attack, and he can uproot defenders and move them off their spot. Um, but that's where he excels. 
He's not so good when it comes to handling speed rushers. He doesn't move his feet uh, side to side that well, so he will struggle uh, with speed. Um, he played some tackle, right tackle in college. Uh, more than likely, he may shift inside uh, to guard, so he does give you positional flexibility, which is popular with uh, Rivera and Matsko. Um and he plays with an attitude. He uh, He's one of those guys. He'll uh, rub your face in the dirt after he knocks you down a little bit, and he'll let you know about it. So I think uh, if you're getting an offensive lineman, you want him to be mean, nasty, and uh, you also want him to be able to uh, play multiple positions. Uh, and he can do that with uh, guard and uh, with, uh, with tackle, but he does need some work on uh, his pass game uh, as well. But Andrew Stuber, uh, offensive lineman, Michigan. Can't have too many offensive linemen. Big Ten offensive linemen are the best ones. That's, That's it. it. Big Ten all day. That's Absolutely. It. And with that said, I'm going to go outside of the Big Ten to get an offensive tackle. <laughs> <laughs> it is swing tackle Myron Cunningham from Arkansas. Oh, you yes. talk about big. Homeboy is six foot six, three twenty five. Uh, he can move a little bit. He can play either side of the line. He, he does have technique issues that he's going to need to clean up to be uh, to be to have some longevity in the NFL, I should say. He plays way too high, and he bends at the waist, which is a big no-no for offensive tackles. Um, but if you can get out of him effort and cultivate his technique to the point where he is consistently uh, performing that technique, I think you might have a steal in this draft. He's projected as a fifth-round pick, but I think because of his technique issues, he could potentially slide. There are a lot of tackles in this draft that I think people would be interested in, possibly ahead of him. But I like the pick here because you see what you got. Our offensive line depth took a little bit of a, of a hit this year, so guys going to move around a little bit. We don't know what we have in Sadiq Charles. He's been around the roster for what? This is going to his third season. I think we've seen him play like three games. So I am ready to add some depth on the offensive line. He is a powerful player, um, can get out of, out of sorts a little bit because of the sloppy technique at times. But I think he has a ton of potential, and uh, let's see how we can develop that potential. So. I think that, he has a ton of potential at guard. Uh, uh, I, I think he's more of a swing tackle. He could Derek, play guard, I guess. I don't know. Derek Dockery. Ooh. Ooh that's that's good. And it's, that's not a knock at all. That's the potential. I mean, because the athletic potential bends at the waist, sloppy technique. You just you just basically gave Derek Dockery's, you know, 6'6", 325. That's a scouting report coming out of college. I think um, that. Yeah, no, I would too. I mean, he had a long yeah. career. He was very good for us twice. So, uh, yeah, no problem there. Yeah, but no, I, uh, I, would, uh, I would think guard more than tackle, but that's just me. Yeah, the, I like the offensive line guru that I am. <laughs> <laughs> Arkansas put out some offensive linemen here these last couple of uh, years. There's some good offensive linemen. So, uh, no, I'm all for that. And uh, and if we do get them, then we can get uh, JR back on the, uh, the pod. Yeah, absolutely. Our guy, the agent. Yes. Eric, which one of your picks do you feel like is the most realistic to be selected? on or about where you picked for the commanders uh honestly now i gotta go back and look where i picked all these guys because man i have a memory of a hamster so give me a second uh yeah honestly um yeah joshua ross fifth round i think he's gonna be there and i think he's a need because i don't think they're gonna fill inside linebacker before then so yeah i think he's probably most likely we're all guy or in the sixth somebody might fall in love with him and take him a little higher but uh, i'll go with ross okay what about you brian uh, I think uh, the fourth round uh, running back, um, uh, Pierre Strong will be there. I Actually, I think he may go in the third round because he's starting to creep up people's board. But I think I think we as a team, I think we're going to target running back. And uh, I think fourth round is that kind of sweet spot. There are other guys. There's um, James Cook out of uh, Georgia. There's uh, also his teammate, Zamir White. Uh, that's uh, there as well. There's uh, Rashad uh, White out of Arizona State. Uh, there's several running backs in that fourth round, I think, uh, would be a, a great place uh, to get a guy. Okay. I can dig it. I, my t I have two, actually. I, I do like Andrew Booth Jr. in the first round. I agree with Eric. If anything, at 11, if that's our sort of choice range, I can see us moving back to help somebody else get a quarterback. So we might be picking him in the 18 to 20 range. Um, that would be a better value pick for him at that point. And I also like Keontae Ingram late because I agree with you, Brian. We are going to address the running back position in oh, yeah. the draft. It's just a matter of who and when. I think in the sixth round, you can still find really, really good value at the running back position. So um, to, to Brian's earlier question, Eric, 
What do you think? So we kind of picked what we felt like were good picks and what made sense. But what do you ultimately see the commanders doing at 11? If, if, if you could guess now, honestly, I think they're going to go with a linebacker. I think it's going to be, if like the Dean is there, that's probably what they're going to roll with. Cause that's what they do. Um, they take the best defense player they think on the board uh, at, uh, at in the first round. So I'm thinking, you know, Nicobe Dean, potentially a corner, um, but I think I think inside linebacker is most likely what they're going to do. Although they should pick James Williams. Okay, Brian, same question for you. Yeah, no, I think um, I think they're uh, with the with the 11 pick. If their receiver target is not there, I think they're trying hard as they can to trade back uh, whether or not anybody will trade with them is going to be the big question because you know we, we've heard all draft well the quarterbacks aren't that great the quarterbacks aren't that great well what do you trade up for you trade up to get a uh, uh, a quarterback so uh, there there may not be anybody willing to trade up with us um, on there so uh, I, I really think that they're uh, they're going to target a, uh, a weapon of some kind uh, and uh, whether it's Garrett Wilson or maybe it's Traylon Burks I don't know. Yeah, I, I still don't see the offensive weapon being the pick there just because of what Pete Prisco said. And I think, you know, this team really likes what they do in the draft. Now, do they produce? That remains to be seen, but they seem to like their picks. I, I think this could actually be an, a guard pick. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Green from well, Texas. Yeah. That was actually – that was kind of my dark horse too was um... – uh, actually, either a guard or a tackle and sliding. Um, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Cosme into guard. That was kind of that was one of my thoughts initially as well, and I almost went with that, but I just didn't see a tackle on a tackle that that late. But I didn't consider drafting a guard at eleven. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, not a bad. That's not a bad thought at all. Yeah, one of our uh, one of our listeners, I think Freddie Lee said, asked that very question: Can Cosme slide inside? If yeah, it's not yeah. him, I apologize, but I think it was him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely on point. That could really be a realistic scenario, depending on what happens elsewhere. Uh, so, um, yeah, so that's our mock draft, guys. Uh, you know, we want to hear about your mock drafts. Make sure you hit us in the comment sections with what you think the picks might be. Uh, tell us what picks you hated, which picks you loved, which ones were absolutely crazy for thinking they might even do that at all. Uh, we like to see those. We absolutely read all the comments that we get. Um, Eric, so let me ask you this question. We have Antonio Gibson, uh, going into his third year in the league. He's been productive. He's had a thousand yards last year. I think he had what 700 something plus his, his rookie season. How big of a need is running back at this point for us? I, I don't think it's a, it's a, it's not a gaping hole because you have Gibson, you have McKissick back, but I think, a third running back. I think somebody, if somebody can beat out Jared Patterson, I think you need to draft, you need to find that person. Uh, because if Gibson were to go down for like an extended period of time, I just don't know that Patterson would be a guy that could carry the load for three or four games. I could be wrong. He, he could be, but I mean, he's just kind of uh, a bowling ball. He's a nice change of pace. He did, you know, produce when he got a chance last year. I'm just not sure he could hold up as the lead back for more than, you know, a game or two. So if you if you know Gibson, which running backs get hurt, that's just what happens in the NFL. So if you can improve your third running back uh, and get a rotation, I don't see why that. I mean, I would definitely consider that a need. I don't know that it's a high round need, but it's definitely a need. It is, and and Jonathan Williams right now to me is our second best running back. I'm not including J.D. McKissick in that group because he has a different and very specific role. But I think Jonathan Williams is our number two running back in terms of on the depth chart right now because I wasn't overly impressed with what I saw from Patterson. So I think you've got to continue to try to upgrade that position and see what you can do. Uh, Brian, I know you're not the biggest McCain fan in the world. Uh, do you think <laughs> – hadn't noticed. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't heard. So there's been a lot of rumors about Kyle Hamilton slipping potentially down to 11. If, if he's there, uh, knowing what we have at safety, we just re-signed McCain. Are you going that route if he's available at 11? No, no. It, I, I'm not a Kyle Hamilton um, believer. 
Um, I, not, and that's not to say that he, I think he's like a bad player or anything. I think he's a good player. I don't think he is worthy of the, the 11 pick or higher. Uh, I don't believe he's a free safety and a free safety to me is the only guy that you could say safety wise that could be that high. Um, I think he is a strong safety who can cover some tight ends um, who, you know, you could blitz, who can help you on the run game. I just don't see him as being that center fielder side to side type guy. So, I wouldn't go that round. Uh, Rivera, Herney, all those guys, they traditionally, they don't draft secondary guys uh, very high, right? They're front seven guys. Uh, they're more linebackers and defensive linemen that they take over it and they get, you know, uh, Josh Norman out of the sixth round or whatever he was and, uh, you know, kind of build him up into a, a higher round uh, or, a, you know, top uh, performing type player. So, particularly, uh, I think there are better safety prospects, better free safety prospects. Um, that uh, would suit us better, but I, I still don't think we're even going to touch safety or look for a um, a free safety. Honestly, so what you're I always is- get a little wary when with players that rise or fall after the season, like in the pre-draft prospect process. I I'm more of a of a production like what did you do in this during the season? Like why were people so high on you at the end of the season? People loved Kyle Hamilton at the end of the season. It's just like this pre-draft stuff. I personally, from what I saw of him, wasn't like I didn't think he was a top ten pick when I first saw yeah. him. I, I think he plays a little bit high. I think he plays tight. He's and uh, like, yeah, I mean, his his hips don't. He's he's not like a fluid player. That from what I can tell, again, I haven't closely inspected him, but the, the highlights that I see is just basically him coming up and hitting people yeah. without a lot of context around them. From what I've seen, I haven't seen him really flip his hips and get after the ball. Exactly. He doesn't strike me as a top ten player. He could very well be because again, I haven't really watched enough of him. But I'm a little wary because he was people loved him at the end of the season and then he just kind of falls off, you know, during the, the you know the poking and prodding. So I'm I'm a little wary of that. I think he still could t- potentially be a good player. I just don't know if he's he's a top ten. He's definitely I'd give him a first round, you know, put him in the first round. But I'm weird. I have a weird like I don't get him. Like I don't understand. I don't know how I feel about him. I guess as a player is the best way to put it. Like I'm not in love with him, but a lot of people were when they saw him play. So you know, I don't know where he's gonna go. I don't know. If, I don't know if he's the best fit here, though. Because, like, I, I agree with Brian. I don't think he's a center fielder. He's not a pure free safety. Like, what's needed? You know, he's certainly I, no Bobby McCain. <laughs> well, who is? Who yeah, is exactly. Bobby McCain? Something I, I I thought about that um, I, I wouldn't put past Rivera and his staff is. Uh, there's a ton of defensive linemen um, that are first round uh, worthy in this draft, and there'll be a bunch available at eleven. Would you? What would you guys think if um, Rivera said, "You know what? Here's uh, Jordan Davis uh, from UGA, or some other defensive lineman, uh, maybe an edge, uh, edge rusher." I mean, there's going to be a ton of edge rushers available. I think uh, the guy from Florida State, uh, Johnson, uh, who will be available uh, around uh, eleven as well, too. Like, what if that happened? A defensive lineman, edge rusher, or defensive tackle? What, what would you guys think? I think that we'd be talking this time next year about what Brian and Laugh with, left with just thinking about doing in the draft. Yeah. For yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah. yeah, somebody's getting traded. If I mean, I can't see if you draft somebody that high that you keep your you keep somebody like Deron Payne around. Um, yeah. because you can't. There's just not enough. You know, you're not moving Payne the defensive end, and you know Jordan Davis isn't going to be a defensive end. So. Yeah. I don't know. Edge rusher, maybe, but that's kind of the death knell for maybe Montez Sweat. I think he's on his way out if you draft an edge rusher that high. Um, but at some point, you got to make those decisions because you're going to have to pay all those guys if you want to keep them around. And, you know, Payne and Sweat and those guys and Young's coming, you know, they're all coming up. Yeah. So maybe you do start getting younger there. But I don't, I think you move on from those guys while you can get something for them if that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't say it, it. it would be a bold move. It would be bold for sure, to say the least. But man, if we added a fifth first round draft pick on that defensive line and have won a combined like what twenty yeah. games the last three years, we're uh, going high school high school ball running the fifty three defense. That, <laughs> but that, that's exactly like uh, what what Rivera and his staff would do. We're, we're yeah. over here picking wide receivers and stuff, and he'll go pick the uh, edge rusher. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It is time to get on our soapbox. Eric, you want to lead us off? Yeah, I had a tough time with this one. I almost changed it there at the last minute, but I'm going to go with my original thoughts. Ron Rivera came out uh, the day before yesterday and said he is darn tired of his football team being the easy target that it is, and the only way to fix that is to win. Well, good for you, Ron. You figured out what we all know. But that's kind of like 
harder than it sounds. It's like I'm a terrible golfer and I'm sick of being a terrible golfer. And the only way to fix that is for me to start hitting the ball straight 300 yards. How do you go about doing that? Because it's a long, arduous process. That's just on the field. You still got to, dare I say it, win off the field, which we're still not doing at this point. I think Ron Rivera is starting to realize that this project that he took on is a lot tougher than he anticipated it being. I'm still rooting for you, Ron, but you got to turn things around soon. Very, very soon. Very soon. Absolutely. Brian, get on your soapbox. I, that that was the exact soapbox that I had built uh, was uh, the one that Eric uh, just took. So uh, I, I'll add to it because uh, I I think that's a uh, that's a good soapbox uh, for Ron. Um, Ron wants the narrative to change. He's tired of you know people you know talking about doom and gloom. Well, Ron, you are the one with your finger directly tied to uh, how well we do. You are the ones bringing the players in, deciding who gets extended, who doesn't, who we trade, who we don't trade for, who we draft. You can change the narrative so quickly. Draft a quarterback. That brings hope to the fan base of a new possibility. You trade for a quarterback who's been maligned by two cities. What do you think is going to happen? You're going to get uh, more bad, uh, you know, energy, more bad uh, press, all of those things around you. Um, you fumble the quarterback position multiple times over and over again. Do you think people are going to be happy about that? You are the one uh, directly in control of it. You've got to start understanding that, taking some different decisions, making some different decisions, uh, and moving faster, uh, being more proactive uh, and getting guys signed and those types of things. But, uh, Ron, uh, it starts with you, man. Like You are the, the, the guy who controls it, and you could have done so many different things uh, to change that narrative. Like today, you could have signed Bobby Wagner. It had been reported he was looking for a one-year deal until the Rams decided to uh, just print more money and give him a five-year deal. Um, you could have brought in Honey Badger, Safety, anybody else uh, to kind of change the narrative to um, you know give some hope and turn some things around. But you didn't. You chose to bring back old Panthers players and trade for Carson Wentz. So you are where you are because of it. All right. So uh, we're entering an unprecedented era in the NFL. Over the next five years, the GM of a team may actually become more valuable than your head coach. All around the league, teams are inventing new ways to sign 15 players to deals equivalent to Elon Musk's total net worth and yet somehow remain under the salary cap. The days of conservative and fiscally responsible team building are becoming a thing of the past. Frivolous aggression is the new team building. It's all about the dollar and how quickly you can spend it to collect as many big name players as possible. The front offices who don't get on board are going to become the dinosaurs of the sport. I hope the commanders figure this out sooner rather than later. We've had our fill of Ernie Grunfeld type teams in this town. Lord help us if Carson Wentz is the new Randy Foy of quarterbacks. That is it. That is our show. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe. Love you. Keep checking us out. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Thank you.